what makes us the specific difference of our feed our podcast is this thing which is the catholic trivia like this is different than the other thing everyone else is a talking head everyone else is preaching everyone else is interpreting scripture that is what usually christian podcasts are this is different Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzsprout show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I'm your host, Travis Albritton, head of content at Buzzsprout. And you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, as always, you'll hear everyday podcasters just like you share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things that they've picked up along the way. And in today's interview, I had the privilege of sitting down with the host of The Quizzical Papist, Father Brad Doyle. Now, something that I really appreciate about Father Brad's approach is when he was coming up with the concept, the idea for his show, the heart behind it was he wanted to make faith more accessible to people that don't necessarily consider themselves to be religious or that would feel out of place walking into you know, a, a Catholic church building, for instance. And, and I love his approach and his thought process of trying to, to help people understand that you can have fun and follow God at the same time. It's not like the Billy Joel song, right? <laughs> but then one really cool thing that he shared that I think would be really beneficial for you is, you know, Father Brad shares his podcast setup for recording as many as five people at a time and still getting great audio. I know whenever you scale beyond one to two people, it's like, what do I need? What gear do I need? How do I make it sound great while also not introducing a ton of complexity into the process? And so Father Brad shares his way to do it. And I think it's really straightforward, really simple, and something that anyone can really implement. And so definitely be paying attention to that. But Father Brad's podcast journey started in an unlikely way. He moved to a town that didn't have bar trivia. So the story of my podcasting experience, it starts when I was in seminary. I had a trivia crew, you know, as many people do, bar trivia, they have a team. We got the same name every week and it's friends of mine, good chance to get together. And then I was ordained and moved to a city or a town, <laughs> a town in, in the middle of sugarcane fields called Vashery, Louisiana on the Mississippi River. And there wasn't a bar trivia per se. So I kind of had to give up my trivia team. And I came up with this idea. I said, I'm going to start one. I'm going to start bar trivia. Like legitimately, I met the owners of the restaurant bar in town. And, and I said, Hey, would you mind me starting a trivia? You don't have to pay me anything. Like I'll just hopefully bring in business. I think parishioners will come, you know, people who are part of the parish in town. And he said, sure. And I started it and I had that journey. Then I started thinking, okay, this is how I work. I make a commitment and then I have to follow through. So <laughs> I give myself a deadline. And so I had to come up with trivia questions and I didn't really know the art of that. I'd been to uh, trivia games and bar trivias, but I didn't know how you did that. So I looked for trivia podcast and I came across one that I've really enjoyed through the years. And so I maybe, you know, listen to their questions. How do they formulate it? How do they format a show? And then I said, so I'm going to start this bar trivia. And then that's how actually I got involved or listening to podcasts at all. I had never listened to a podcast before listening to this just regular secular 
trivia podcast. And then, so I started this bar trivia, Wednesday night trivia with Father Brad and had a cool graphic and everything. And then as I started doing that, listening to Catholic trivia, because I'm a Catholic priest, right? So obviously there's a bunch of awesome podcasts out there, but they all seem to be very focused on talking about issues bluntly or just right off the bat, like it was a talk show or they were just individuals talking in a microphone or they're having you know guests on to, to talk about these specific issues. And, and they were, seemed to be very serious, some of them, which is okay. There's a place for that, right? But I wanted to do something different. I said, well, I'm going to take these two loves and these two experiences that I've had that I think gifts that I've been given to by the Lord and put them together, just smash them together and see how they, what comes out. <laughs> and what came out was the quizzical papist. And, and of course, as you know, there's a bunch of research involved on YouTubing, how to start a podcast and finding stuff like Barsprout is provided with and, and a lot of the articles and then eventually your, your podcast. Awesome. Well, I'm glad it was helpful. I'm glad that... <laughs> Definitely. Five Minute Mondays is great. I appreciate I that. It. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's nice. I mean, I, en- I enjoy listening to them. I enjoy making them. So what I really admire about you and something that I can totally relate to you is like your, your spirit animal is jumping off the cliff and then trying to figure out how to fly on the way down. It's like, I'm going to go for it because it seems like a great idea. Oh, wait, I have to actually come up with the questions for the trivia that I just committed to. I could admire that quality. At least, hopefully, it's a good point. Because that's something I do. I do my best work under pressure. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like, okay, if I'm up against the gun, for some reason, it's like I get this extra surge of, I don't know, inspiration or whatever you want to call it. And then sometimes it crashes and burns, but often it's actually, it's okay. It's relatively okay. That's right. You know you know the percentage of Hail Marys that are completed that are never thrown? Zero. Zero. That's cheesy, but I like it. <laughs> No, that that was good. That was good. So, so you started your podcast. You're like, okay, let me let me make a Catholic trivia podcast. And so, there's a lot of moving pieces with that because when you're in like a traditional, you know, restaurant bar doing a trivia game, there's like a host that's doing the questions, and you have different teams that are writing their answers on slips of paper and like handing them in. And there's time limits. So, how do you kind of capture the essence of that kind of experience? while also making it suitable for audio. So there's not these like five minute gaps and there's just background noise. Like, like how do you actually put together a trivia episode for a podcast? Yeah, that's, that's great. And that is the goal is to kind of, uh, how I describe it, the podcast is you took your Bible study and you went to the bar. <laughs> that's, that's the description that I tell people. And I wanted to get that bar feel, which includes, I think the most important part, the funnest part about going to a pub and playing trivia is not getting the answers right. It's the people. It's hearing the funny. I mean, I was last night, I was at trivia with my friends. It was hilarious. I was rolling on the ground. My friends are funny. And I wanted to capture that. And so what we decided to do, and and this is, I got this idea from another podcast, right? Hopefully don't sue me. I don't know. I asked a question and then I give them time to think silently. So I cut all that out. So hopefully it's seamless. You don't know it's being cut, but I cut out the thinking time. Then one team, if they, through writing or you know, sign language or something locks in. They say, I lock in. That means they cannot change their answer no matter what the other side says. Cause that is the nature of bar trivia. Someone jogs your memory. Someone says something. And then the other team talks it out loud. So they go through their thinking process. And this is where all the 
content, if you will, I guess from a Catholic perspective, as a Catholic priest, this is where the content comes out because they tell stories about that time they went on pilgrimage to Rome and they saw this statue and that reminds them of this, right? Or, oh yeah, in 12th grade religion with Mr. Timerick, I was taught this and, oh, that's part of that part is in this scripture. That's where the content is, right? Where you're learning about your faith and the faith or culture or art or history, whatever, while you're talking it out. And then funny things happen and the other teams like, you know, they're just laughing inside. They're like, oh my goodness, I should have known this. And then we give the answers and laugh about it. And how do you capture that audio? Like how do you, because that's a lot of people involved. It's a lot of moving pieces. And so there's this, there's this balance of you want it to sound good without the tech getting in the way. So I'm curious what your setup looks like when you're balancing all those different voices. Well, it depends. We've, we've just recently started branching out to people outside of the local area. So we have used Skype and stuff like that, but I have a Behringer. It's 12 channel mixer, USB capable. So, you know, a USB cord comes out the back of it and it goes straight in. And if I have four guests, you know, two per team on each side and me, that's five channels and it's all going into the mix and I capture it. I've, I've been using GarageBand, but you might sell me on Audacity. I don't know. And I have ATR. There was an investment. There was a, a substantial investment, but I see it as part of my ministry, although a unconventional ministry, but you know, history of the church and Christianity has been filled with people like taking risks, doing different things. And so I invested in it. I wanted to, and I thought this would, could bear fruit. So I just use a bunch of cords, a bunch of XLRs, a bunch of ATR 2100s and headphones. And we go to town and I record it in one mix. So, and then I edit it from there. So each person has their own microphone. Is that how you set it up? That is this normal setup. Now, I just did a road trip, me and Grace Krauss, which I, I totally haven't mentioned yet, by the way. It's not just my podcast anymore. I am like the main host, but I'm trying to branch out. I didn't want it to just be this clerical podcast, like this priest pontificating to everybody. And so one of my good friends who is a trivia bud of mine, Grace Krauss, she's a teacher here in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And my friend Jordan Haddad, who is a theologian, and he's coming to teach at the seminary here in Louisiana. He is also part of it. So they're going to be co-hosts and writing some of the questions. They've already guest hosted before. And me and Grace and another friend went on a retreat pilgrimage road trip down the West Coast where we started in Seattle at a monastery with these 80-year-old Benedictine nuns who had us shearing sheep and stuff, us slaughtered chickens. It was crazy. And then we traveled down and prayed with them. Obviously, of course, we just didn't slaughter chickens. And then we traveled down the coast and we actually got to stop in San Francisco and play a game with one of our patrons. So we also use Patreon. It's been a great tool, not just a getting money. Like, I don't care about that really. It's the engagement. It's like the buy-in and the community building aspect, I think, is the benefit. And so uh, Matt Chan, one of our listeners, he hosted us. Now I couldn't take an, you know, Behringer mixer in my pack. <laughs> so I had one condenser mic that we kind of wheeled around the table. It's not the best audio, but what I found is people are pretty forgiving. You know, they're pretty forgiving if you're genuine about it and you try your best. And if it's at all salvageable, people will consume it. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's so easy to get wrapped up in like trying to get a professional studio sound and forget that people don't listen to each episode because it sounds high quality necessarily. It's because they, they want to keep coming back for the content. They want to keep coming back for, for you, for your guests, for your co-host. The reason they come is not, not because you're an audio engineer. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. 
So tell me a little bit about what that's been like, kind of starting as yourself, but then now incorporating other people on a more permanent basis. What sorts of things in the in the workflow have shifted? Are they just helping with kind of creating the content? Are they jumping into editing or promoting or any of the other aspects of your show? Like, how are you divvying up the responsibilities now that there's more hands that are they're willing to jump in and help? Yeah, so they're not helping with the editing yet. I'm looking at you, Grace and Jordan. Maybe they'll start. <laughs> no, it's really just a content thing because so to have an episode of the Quizzical Papist, at least the parts that are the trivia games, which we might get into later, but to have one of those episodes, we have to come up with questions and that takes longer than you think. I mean, sit down and try to write a trivia game. It's you're like, oh my goodness, like, and make it it's a very specialized one, right? That has these connections, you know, Christian connections. And so I found it, I was getting overwhelmed a little bit of just doing two a month. And so I said, Hey, maybe I'll grab these people who I really trust, who I think are awesome. They'd give a different perspective. They'd approach it from a different way. And so they come up with the questions and then I get to play, right? So I've been the host up until now, which is great and fun because you get to see people's faces light up and like light bulbs go off and you know the answers and but that's another type of fun to just play and be with somebody and talk it out and come up with answers and like you know get in my friend's face and be like you didn't know the answer and just rib them you know and and the first time I was a guest on my own show so I was playing my own show I was in Mobile and we were recording with some teachers out there and I got destroyed when I tell you destroyed, humbled, it was awesome. You could go listen to the episode. It started, I was like so excited. I was like, I'm playing, this is great by the end. <laughs> I was like, give me a Pabst Blue Ribbon. I wanna just drink a beer, this stinks. <laughs> it was bad. That's good though. It's, it's good to be able to, to enjoy what you do. It is so easy for your podcast to start as a passion project and then quickly turn into just drudgery because as soon as you put on an episode, you're like, now I have to start on the next episode. And it just becomes the things you don't enjoy doing anymore. So it, it is really important to change it up every once in a while. Absolutely. And that's actually why we made decisions we have about the formatting and what the actual feed looks like. So half the time is games. So they're about 45 minutes to an hour long. So it's relatively long form. That's only twice a month. It cuts down on editing time and coming up with questions. And the other times is homilies or, you know, sermons that I give. And we're going to eventually include talks that Jordan gives if he's given a talk to some, some group, some high school or, or Grace might. And then we just have discussions too, where we do interviews. So it's kind of a little free flowing with the other weeks. And those are called coffee talks. So one involves beer and other spirits and the more sober one involves coffee. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that that your podcast is not just one kind of episode. You actually have multiple episodes that when someone subscribes to your feed, they're getting a, a wide range of different kinds of audio content they can consume. Like in your mind, how do you try to unify those those different things? Or do you even try to unify those things? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of assuming. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really try to unify them in any way, like pointing to each other, if you will. But one of the major reasons, I guess, missions, we've me and Grace and Jordan have sat down. I mean, Grace definitely have had conversations about this. Like what, why are we doing this? What is the point? And one of the major points is I think that one of the biggest lies out there in the world is that to be faithful, to be a Christian or a faithful person or whatever religion you might adhere to, the biggest lie is that you become boring or you become a stick in the mud. You lose something, right? You don't get to have fun. And that has not been my experience at all. 
Like I love my life. I'm a Catholic priest and I love my life. I have such a blast. I have great friends. I laugh all the time. And I wanted people to experience that. And there might be Catholics that are out there that might not have the same community that I have that might not believe that. They might think my, my faith is over here, but if I was really to dive in all the way, I, I would become boring. I, I wouldn't have fun, but it doesn't have to be separate. So in the one feed, which is the Quizzical Papist, there is the Quizzical Papist episodes, which is just us just hanging out and having fun and integrating our faith into our everyday life and our everyday understandings of music and culture and history and all these good things that are just so human, right? Anyone can access that. And then the other episodes are like a more, I guess, direct look at the faith, whether it be through scripture or church teaching on morality, you know, controversial issues. I mean, we don't shy away from things and and those are more serious and those go together. And so I think that's the connection between the two. Like these things can go together. Yeah. I want to, I want to dive into what you just talked about, this idea of essentially deconstructing some misconceived notions about what it means to be a person of faith. But I want to dial back real quick to, you know, any observations that you've had as someone behind the microphone, putting the episodes together, publishing episodes and seeing how different people, you know, are consuming them, are more people listening to one versus the other. When you talk about your podcast, which one do you tend to emphasize? I'm just curious, like, as someone who's kind of been doing this for a little bit, having multiple kinds of episodes, what kind of observations you've made since you've started to do that. Gotcha. So one of the cool features that Buzzsprout gives you, here's your pitch, (laughs) is uh, you can go on to the stats and see their most popular episodes, right? And of the top 10, absolutely the most popular ones have been the trivia episodes. I attribute this to a couple things that I'm not a good preacher, so people don't like Muhammad's. No, I'm I'm just messing. (laughs) That might be the case. But what makes us, the specific difference of Our feed, our podcast is this thing, which is the Catholic trivia. Like this is different than the other thing. Everyone else is a talking head. Everyone else is preaching. Everyone else is interpreting scripture. That is what usually Christian podcasts are. This is different. And so I think that's why people gravitate more towards the quizzical papist episodes, like the actual trivia games. You can tell the difference because one has QP, the other has CT, quizzical papist coffee talk. One's usually longer. The other one's like more short form, like 20 minutes. But you know, actually a lot of people listen to the other ones too. It's just not the most. I think most people started listening to the quizzical papist because of the trivia. And that's why they stayed. Yeah. I mean, it's there's no like right or wrong answer, like do this, don't do this. I'm, I'm just always curious when people are doing things that are outside of the norm. Most people, when you think about a podcast, it's a very specific episode that's basically the same every single time a new one gets released. So I was just really curious what kind of observations you've made. Now, I do want to dive into what you just talked about, which was using your podcast as a platform to help people kind of grow beyond some misunderstandings about you know what it means to be a person of faith. And what's been really cool is is seeing that the religion and spirituality category has more podcasts than any other category. Like it is the most populous out of all of them. And there are more Christian podcasts than there are any other type of podcast, which I think is really cool having a Christian podcast myself. But I'm curious, like your experience reaching out, interacting with other people in the Catholic podcast community, like what have you noticed? What's been the sense of this culture of forward thinking and, and innovation and trying to reach people in a different way? How is that kind of integrated into your own life as someone who is of the cloth? 
Absolutely. You know, one of the principles of evangelization is, this is given to us by scripture itself, but is you got to be in the world, but not of the world, right? So Christians look no different or shouldn't look different than the world, except for when it comes to moral things, obviously. So, So we should look different, but we have to go into the hedges, right? Into the streets. Jesus didn't hide out in the temple. He actually was critiqued and called a glutton because he was hanging out with people. He, he was actually critiqued by the religious figures of his time because he was interacting with the everyday person and especially people who are seen as sinners. So I see that as a call when we're evangelizing to not be afraid to interact with people in their environment. I'll, I'll give an example. You know, I do marriage preparation. And so sometimes, like you said, there's misconceptions. And sometimes people come to, if you, if you do marriage prep in your office, it's almost like you're going to the principal's office. Everyone has these horrible memories of like being called to the principal's office. And I see these couples sometimes come through, especially in my little small town I just came from. And the guys, man, the men would just be like, so closed off, like not saying a word. And I was like, man, can these, I don't know what's up. And then I I went to see her some music on a 4th of July weekend. Once they had some swamp bop plan, which is a type of Cajun music. (laughs) It was really cool. But it was a 4th of July thing. And I went to this venue and they had music and I saw this guy who didn't say a word in marriage prep. And from the other side of the room, he said, Father Brad. Oh, and he like had his, you know, he had a beer in his hand. He's like, come over here. I'll buy you a beer. And then we opened up, he talked, and he's going to mass now. He's going to church. And that experience really spoke a lot to me. Why did that happen? Why did he open up to me in that environment? That's where he was comfortable. That's where he felt safe, where he was at in his life. And I was on his turf. I was on his ground. Now it wasn't, I don't go to turfs that are intrinsically immoral, right? But there's nothing wrong with a music venue listening to Swamp Pop, right? So I got to encounter people. And, And this is just a digital turf, where there's a lot of people, there's so many podcasts, so many awesome things, and there's bad things too. But we got to be able to go into the fray. Pope Francis says this. He says, you have to smell like the sheep. That was a bad Argentine accent, but you have to smell like the sheep, which is a cool little image. It's like you have to be amongst the people so much that you take on the world, not the bad parts, right? But don't be afraid. And he also says this, Pope Francis says, you need to be willing to get hurt. I'd ra- you'd rather get hurt in the streets than die of sickness from inculcation inside your house. And this is an, a, an image of evangelization. Like we can lock ourselves in. We can lock the gospel inside a building or, or a house or inside of our, our own hearts and not let it out. Or we could be risky and we could go out and meet people. And guess what? We might get burned. We might get hurt. But we'd rather get hurt out there, bring in what we believe is the fulfillment of every human heart to the people. And so I hope that answers your question. I mean, that's my image of using a platform that is popular in a lot of ways secular, right? According to this age, but bringing the gospel, you know? It is a really cool and unique opportunity where literally anyone in the world can listen to you at the drop of a hat whenever, whenever they have free time. It's, it's incredible. There's like three Aussies that listen and I don't. I keep shouting them out. I'm like, just tell me who you are. And then the Canadians, they have some Canadian listeners. And I think it's because I make fun of Canada all the time. They don't, they listen, but they don't talk to me. So I make fun of people from the North. I'm pretty bad at that, man. I like isolate all my listeners because I I just love Louisiana. I love the South so much. I love my culture. I'm an evangelist for Jesus and Louisiana culture. In fact, if you want to come, Travis, you should bring your friends. Come to Mardi Gras. We'll have a blast. 
<laughs> I appreciate the invitation, man. Appreciate it. Now, one thing I want to talk about and dive into is as soon as you start to speak about spiritual guidance, matters of faith, you become a representative of God, right? Whether you're Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, whatever you're speaking about, whenever you take on that mantle, you're not just speaking for yourself anymore. And the impact of your words suddenly becomes much more magnified, right? So how do you personally make sure that when you are putting something out there, recording an episode, making it available, that not only are you doing your best to, to help people, but to make sure that you are accurately representing God, who you are trying to be an ambassador for? Like, how does that work in your mind? Well, as a Christian, as a priest, obviously I pray. So I have to have an encounter with, you know, the one who I'm representing. And, and so if I stop praying, like, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to mess up. You mess up anyway. But I think I don't feel that as much because that is my life always, right? So I'm always preaching. I'm always giving homilies. I'm always on radio shows or this or that or giving talks. I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm, I'm actually being assigned to a high school to be a campus minister and teach some there, hopefully. And that is my life, right? And so this podcast, it's almost easier because I can edit it. <laughs> if I get something wrong and I totally mess up and screw it up, guess what? It's not live, which is not the case whenever you're preaching a homily. And then in a homily as well, or a sermon, some people might call it that, the audience is even more varied, I think, because you have like eight-year-olds who aren't listening to podcasts usually, and you have all the way to 80-year-olds who probably aren't. I mean, there's some great 80-year-olds who are technologically savvy who are listening. Not <laughs> if you're one of them and you're listening kudos. You're awesome. But there's so many people that's a wide variety. It's almost harder, you know, to reach those people where I kind of know my demographic here in a certain sense. So I get to edit it. That's a burden that I knew and I prayed about. I mean, I went to seminary for eight years. You know, I should be a doctor, <laughs> a doctor of souls, I guess. But that is what the Lord called me to. Yeah, it's good to bring it up. Thanks for reminding me. Well, it's something that I have to think about constantly as well, because it's almost like you're right. You do have the editing component of it. But when it's kind of the people that know you, that have a relationship with you, you have an extra benefit of the doubt, right? That's clearly a mistake. That's clearly not what you meant. But you don't necessarily have that level and depth of a connection with people that listen to you on the other side of the planet. But then also recognizing that the internet, as wonderful as it is, can also be like a really terrifying place. And so like the magnitude of your mistakes can feel a lot larger if you know, well, this is available to anyone anywhere in the world and it could just poof, blow up in my face if I say something truly awful. Yeah. Got to be above reproach and everything you put out there, you got to make sure it, it conforms to, at least from my perspective as a priest doing a podcast, that it conforms to his gospel and his church, you know? You know, but an, a cool aspect of this is I do have a pretty niche crowd. I think a lot of people would enjoy the podcast, so I'm not saying you can't listen if you're not Catholic or you can't listen if you're not Christian. I think there's a lot of awesome things. You learn a lot, but I do have a niche crowd. I mean, it's basically trivia buffs that are Catholic that listen to my podcast. And there's something about, I mean, literally the word Catholic means universal. <laughs> it's Greek, Catholicos, right? Universal. And so there, even though someone might be listening in Singapore, there's a connection. There's so many presuppositions that we were founded on. Like we, there's so much we share. Jesus says this, who are my brothers, my mother and my sister, the ones who follow the will of God. Like our family is bigger than blood. I experienced this on the West coast when we went down the West coast and we met with Matt Chan, one of our patrons. And I literally had never met him in person, never met his friends. 
And we showed up at this church, St. Teresa Church in San Francisco. We said mass, we worshiped together. I had never seen them. And like, we knew the words, we were able to pray together. Like, it's so cool. I love being Catholic, as you can tell, while I'm a priest, I better. But it wasn't just the blind masses, right? Like, this is my family almost that is that is listening and i think a lot of podcasters even if they're not christian their podcasting crew or their their listenership becomes a family it's heightened i think with ours yeah definitely i've definitely seen that to be the case especially when you do create something like a patreon page where you're not you know selling mattresses on your podcast but you're in trying to incorporate your listeners your audience to have a more meaningful connection and so i'm curious when you launched your patreon page what was the thought behind it? What was the goal for it? And then how do you think it's helped you kind of create a deeper connection with the people that listen to you that you don't know in real life? So obviously one of the benefits of a Patreon page is that there's offsetting of costs. So there there is costs involved with podcasting, the equipment right up front, but the the subscriptions to Buzzsprout, which I'm totally grateful for, so I'm not complaining. Other things that I use, Alphonic, that I think you shouted out, which I've thought was great. I've been using it just to regulate my sound, we can offset that. I also want to pay my guest hosts. So I want Grace and Jordan to be able to, I mean, they spend time, they have jobs, they're teachers, they're theologians, you know? And so I want to be able to pay them for each episode they host. And so we have actually a goal. If we get to $60 a month, we can begin to pay them. So actually go support us. The second benefit, which I think is almost primary, is the community aspect. And this isn't just for money, right? It's with time, with energy, with talent. But when you invest, almost like it's like a tithe. Like when you tithe yourself into something, you are more committed. You are more committed and you become an evangelist of it. So like my patrons are the best evangelists for the podcast or the spreaders of the word, right? They, Because they're investing. It's, they are part of it. They are members of this podcast. They're part of it. So it creates buy-in if you will. But obviously I'm couching it in a Christian way from that perspective, but just a community that we all put in energy, time, talent, and money. And we come up with this product which we think is pretty cool and joyful and helpful for our faith journey. Yeah. There's something really special about connecting with people that love your show so much. They're willing to give you money every month. It's like, wow, like not only is this so encouraging, but it's, it feels like such a gift Right. It feels like, wow, it's, this is incredible. Especially when they're not your, you know, dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not your, you know, your family member out of obligation, even though my dad is a patron and he does it because he actually loves the show. But and it actually gives us too, because one of the tiers that we have. So our tiers are set up. Uh, you have loggers, which are one dollar. You have porters, and these are all beer types, right? You have porters because the quizzical paves the bar trivia. Porters are three dollars, and there's benefits that come with that. You get a sticker, you get a shout out, and then the third tier, the top tier, is Abbey Ales, and that's five dollars. And you get everything you got: shout out, sticker, but you also get to be on the show or the opportunity if you want to. So eventually, right? We can't do it right away, but eventually you will be on the show, and we'll Skype you in, or we'll somehow get you on this and be in one of the contestants, which I think. People enjoy it. They want to be a part of this. That is a really cool, really cool perk. Because that's one of the things that you have to have if you're going to set up a Patreon page. You can't just say, hey, it would be great if you could just give me money. Like, it really does help if you give them something in return. Shout outs, stickers like you mentioned. And I think bringing them on to be a part of the show is a really cool thing that I don't see very often. So what has it been like with the people that you've had on so far? Like, how many patrons have you had on your podcast so far? And what's that been like? 
not just incorporating them in the show, but getting to meet them, talk to them, and just kind of develop more of a dialogue with them. So, so far, I have 12 patrons. Not all of them are that tier, right? But out of the 12, I think I've had 10 of them. So 10 on the initial, I literally launched my Patreon and within 30 minutes, someone already signed up. I was like, this is going to work great. (laughs) But it was someone who I'd I'd room with back in college, seminary, like I, I knew them, but it was cool getting to catch up and see where they were at. It's cool hearing other people's experience of cultures and their life, their jobs, their faith, where they're at. And as a podcaster, you feel like you see all these stats, right? And you see where the people are listening from. Even though people are listening, it's still depressing if you can't hear from them. You don't know. You don't have any feedback. You can't develop. You don't know what they desire, what they want, what would make it better. But if you have this Patreon in your system and you're bringing them on, you're hearing from them. You're hearing, I went and visited you know, one of the guys. I mean, that might be scary to you. Like, uh, trust me, I'm not going to stalk you if you join my Patreon. Like, oh, you're a patron? I'm coming to fly to you now. No, I'm not going to do that. That just so happened to be we're on the West Coast. But it, it's just been really cool interacting with people and having them on and hearing their perspective. Definitely. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. And I can only imagine as a fan, being able to be on the podcast that I enjoy listening to would be like the greatest thing. It, it would make my week. And that's that's the thing about it puts someone in the podcast that is like you. So if you're a listener and you hear a patron, this isn't Wizard of Oz up there talking, Father Brad behind the curtain. This is someone, this is me. This is me. I listen to the show. I could be on this. And in my own experience of podcasts and being a patron of podcasts, I've enjoyed that. I loved it. I was like, oh yeah, I get to be on the show. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Now, one thing that I'm curious about are kind of your long-term goals for your podcast. Many people, when they start a podcast, they, they have these either grand ambitions of being the next Joe Rogan of whatever niche they're in, or it's just like something they want to do because they have a, a larger purpose they're trying to achieve, or they just enjoy being creative and, and kind of having an outlet for that creativity. What are your long-term goals for your podcast? Where are you hoping it goes in the next several years? Yeah, I don't have any monetary goals or even success-based goals of like, oh, I want to reach this amount of listeners. I think it's just been great that people listen now. Just like any bar trivia or group, like Christian group or Bible study, it's about community. And at the end of the day, that's my goal, is to foster a community of faith, right? We're, We're a Catholic Christian podcast, but just foster that community and have fun. I'd be doing this anyway. I'd be going to to trivias with my friends anyway. And so someone said this once, like, do what you love. Like when you're picking your job, pick something that it's something you love and you never work a day in your life. When you're picking a podcast, pick something you love and it's never a burden on you. And if it is, give it up. You don't have to podcast forever. Am I going to be an 88-year-old octogenarian like, oh, welcome to the Quizzical Papist? Maybe. But maybe not. And that's okay. Like the Lord has a plan. It's been super fun so far. It's successful. We're growing in listenership. Everyone's having a blast. And then also the other side is evangelization. So bringing the real truth about certain issues on the coffee talk side. I think there's so many talking heads. Twitter's a horrible place. <laughs> not really. You can use Twitter. Great. But there's so much. It could vitriol. definitely feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. It could feel that way. And there's so many just headline based misconceptions on both sides of whatever dichotomy you are, right? Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, Christian, secular. There's so many sides. Nobody knows 
what actually anyone thinks and that we're trying to bring what, from our perspective, what's the Christian, what does the gospel say about what's happening in the world? And it's usually more nuanced than the headlines. And so our goal is to that bring truth and fun and laughter and just have a blast. Show people, literally one of the simplest goals I have in the future is to have everyone know that to be faithful means a fullness of yourself. It was St. Athanasius, I believe, who said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Probably got the saint wrong. But one of those early church fathers says, the glory of God is man fully alive. God doesn't want to destroy you. He wants you to be happy. So like, that's the goal. All of our listeners, ourselves being happy, having fun, sharing my crazy friends with the world. Can't think of a better reason to have a podcast. Well, Father Brad, it's been a blast. I've got one last question for you. So let's say that you had a time machine. I could go back in time to the day before you started your podcast and give yourself just one critical piece of advice. What would you, what would you say to yourself? I would say, put all the money on the Raptors. No, <laughs> They're going to win. You're going to win all this money. No, I saw that movie. It didn't turn out too well for Biff. That's right. But I'm not <laughs> Biff, man. So I would say to myself, don't feel like you have to have an episode every week or a trivia episode every week. I've heard some of your guests say this already, but that's really what I would tell myself. At the beginning, I was coming out with an episode every week. I was editing all the time. It was taken away in some way from my actual ministry as a priest, like my parish. Like this is the digital parish, if you will, but I actually have a parish and I need to pray. So if podcasting is getting in the way of your relationship with God, your health, your actual vocations, then you don't have to do it. So go to the two. Just start off with two a month. That's what I tell myself. If you are a trivia buff and would love to squeeze some more rounds into your daily life, make sure to check out The Quizzical Papist at quizzicalpapist.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you for that. And also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you wish that you could be featured on a future episode of Podcasting Your Real Life? Well, you absolutely can. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes, fill out a short application form to get your foot in the door. And if you learned something from today's episode or if something resonated with you or stuck out to you, I would love to hear what that was. You can either leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let me know what you thought of today's episode or jump into the Buzzsprout Podcast community over on Facebook and drop a comment or leave a post to let me know what you thought of this episode. And then also make sure to stick around for the bonus episode on Friday where I answer Father Brad's number one question about podcasting. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.